Welcome back to NMSU Sportscast. I'm your host, Dusty Carrasco. And I'm your co-host, Brandon Santamaria. And uh, today's episode, uh, we're going to start off with uh, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he agreed to a one-year deal with the Houston Texans up to $12.5 million. Uh, and honestly, he, he might be a, a starter for Houston uh, when Deshaun Watson finally gets what he wants and gets out of Houston. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's pretty much inevitable that um, Deshaun Watson's going to leave, you know. And seeing that Tyrod Taylor has been signed, uh, it, it's just kind of like the, the, I guess, the final nail in the coffin, you know, for the kind of speculation that even though Deshaun really wanted to leave, uh, Houston was trying their best to keep him, you know. So there was still that kind of uh, uncertainty whether Houston was actually going to be able to pull it off and, you know, uh, keep Watson. But... Uh, after this signing, it's 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 looking like he's probably out of there. So, and honestly, um, yeah, you know this uh, this signing, I think it's it's more of a kind of a safety net for the Texans. Uh, you know, just in case Watson does finally leave. I mean, I think he's gonna leave. Uh, you know, either way. Um, but you know, in Houston, they're still thinking that they're gonna have Deshaun Watson, and like Tyrod Taylor would pretty much be the backup. Um, but, you know, honestly, this is more of a safety net kind of thing because, uh, like I said, you know, Watson, I, I don't think he's going to be in Houston this coming season. Uh, he's either going to pull a James Harden or, um, you know, they're going to finally say, all right, we need to just, you know, let this man go. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the whole safety net thing, uh, it, it really does make sense just because Tyrod Taylor, uh, he while he is a good quarterback, he's more of the backup uh, kind of quarterback talent, you know. Uh, he, he he doesn't really have the talent to be a to to be a for certain starter, which I'm sure uh, you know is, is is something that Houston would appreciate if uh, Watson were to stay. But it's not looking so. And in other news, uh, Andy Dalton he agreed to a one year deal in Chicago. Uh, this comes after the Bears made seven calls to Seattle about Russell Wilson to try to ignite something on acquiring Wilson. Uh, you know, all right, Brandon, uh, have the Bears QB deci- uh, decisions ruined their chances to win? Um, I mean, I don't know if I'd say it completely ruined their chances only because uh, the quarterback that they signed, Andy Dalton, you know, uh, he was able to win a couple games with the Cowboys, you know, uh, whenever he was the backup, uh, uh, even though it does take more than, you know, the, the quarterback to win games. Uh, that's still an important position. And I mean... Um, it's, it's just kind of like, he, he, he wasn't all that bad, you know, it, it, he wasn't the best. He wasn't even really good at that, but I mean, he was okay, you know? And, um, so I wouldn't say it's ruined their chances of winning, but you know, it definitely didn't help their chances. If, if, if anything, their, their chances went down. So, right. Exactly. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, you know, he's been doing all right in, uh, in, Chicago but you know I just think that they they're trying to find you know a quarterback to get them back to their winning ways um and you know to get them back to the Super Bowl but uh you know the signing of Andy Dalton I just don't think it was a good look for this Bears team I know they tried their hardest to go out and get Wilson but they should have understood that uh Seattle you know they had no interest in trading Wilson in the first place it was kind of a whole uh, big old thing that you know Wilson was just saying that his offensive linemen um, pretty much like they they couldn't 
block. Um, but, you know, I, didn't, I just didn't see Russell Wilson leaving Seattle in the first place. Um, and, you know, so now Andy Dalton going to the Chicago Bears, um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to help them at all. Um, but, you know, that's, that's pretty much all they could do with their salary cap space. Yeah, it really was. And then, you know, uh, just to kind of look at the decision making on the Bears side of things, um, they, they, they did mention to Andy Dalton whenever they pitched it to him that he would be the starting quarterback. And uh, now it's looking like he is going to be the starting quarterback, uh, the quarterback because the Bears old quarterback, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, he recently got traded. He actually just got traded to the uh, Buffalo Bills. I believe it was yesterday. So, you know, um, that just kind of shows that the Bears are really going, you know, all just about all in on Andy Dalton, which I'm sure uh, both fans and people in the organization alike uh, probably aren't too happy about since their their uh, their eyes are kind of set on Russell Wilson, not Andy Dalton. Right. And uh, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, he went to the Buffalo Bills, as you said. Um, and, you know, I heard that's because... Um, the salary cap space in the NFL, it had uh, increased. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, that move right there is just just in case uh, Josh Allen, uh, you know, maybe gets hurt in Buffalo. Um, and, you know, they'll have Mitchell Trubisky as a backup. Um, but, okay, you know, uh, speaking of Russ, uh, how should Russell Wilson's teammates uh, feel about him right now? You know, after his comments on his O-line? I mean, I'm sure it kind of, like, fractured the relationship a little just because, you know, uh, comments like that are always going to have some kind of effect. But um, I think the players in the locker room, I think they realize that Russell Wilson is here to stay. I I think Russell knows he's here to stay. So I think his teammates should kind of just maybe look past it. Uh, That would be the best for the team is to just kind of gloss over it, like, yeah, okay, it happened, but it's over now, you know, and just kind of, just, just try to go back to like things that are normal but yeah um honestly uh yeah i i think kind of the same um you know i i really think that you know it was it was disrespectful for him to you know say something like mm-hmm. that even though uh he had said that you know he didn't really mean it like that um but you know that's exactly how it came out that's exactly how everybody took it um, and, you know, it kind of stirred the pot in Seattle. Uh, so I don't think he should have said something publicly like that in the first place. Um, so, you know, I just think that it does hurt their relationship. And, um, you know, I like I said, you know, I think he's still going to stay in Seattle. But it's just going to be interesting to see how Seattle does this coming season. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the, the Seattle offensive linemen pull uh i believe it was longest yard yeah yeah if they pull a longest yard on him um because uh yeah you know it was it was just disrespectful um and you know he he shouldn't have been public about something like that yeah you know the, that's definitely true he shouldn't have gone public with the comments he, he probably should have just kept it within the organization and behind the locker room doors but i mean you know the, the kind of um cut some slack for russell wilson he was you know the most hit quarterback i believe it was either the most hit quarterback of the year or within the past like two or three years he's been the most hit quarterback you know so i mean it's it's it's, it's not like the stats don't support uh russell wilson's complaints but I mean, you know, even if the numbers do support it, it's still something that you should probably 
uh, taking the private and not be public, especially in the situation that they were in with it was uh, it was just becoming the off season and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, um, and then so I wanted to ask you uh, about uh, Cam Newton. Um, should Bill Belichick have faith in Cam this coming season? Um, I think he should. Um, I think a lot of people do just because Cam has shown in the past that when, when he does have the pieces around him, when he does have the things that he needs, he is able to, uh, uh, to, to get a team far, you know, uh, that being <clears throat> the uh, last time being the Panthers, you know, uh, taking them to the Super Bowl and all that stuff. But I mean, um, I, um, I do think Bill Belichick does realize that Cam does have talent. And I think he did kind of know that last year uh, they were kind of, I guess, shorthanded on the team you know and especially after this year with all the big agents that they've signed so far uh and still more to come i'm sure uh there uh it's 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 looking like there's a lot of hope for cam newton so i don't uh i don't knock bill belichick for believing in him um yeah honestly uh i would believe in cam newton as well uh because last year he had so much going on you know coming to the patriots uh so many opt-outs um, you know, COVID, uh, COVID, uh, you know, concerns, COVID, uh, positive tests and everything. I just think that, you know, this coming season, uh, since, uh, the Patriots have, you know, got, went out and spent, what was it 137.5 million in guaranteed money on, uh, free agents. You know, I, I really think that that's going to help, uh, Cam Newton out. Um, and, you know, that 137.5 million, I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, that's the second most in an off season all time. Dang, all time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Bill Belichick is really doing whatever he can, you know, to help out Cam Newton. So this season doesn't go the way last season did. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like Bill's are uh, really breaking the bank for this one, you know, uh, but something that I kind of wanted to ask you about it, um, I mean, like, how far, uh, just for, like, this season alone, uh, at, at least from the eyes of Cam Newton, how far do you think Cam has to take the Patriots for, you know, this season to kind of be considered a success, uh, especially with all, like, the talent that they've signed in so far? Um, honestly, I think if Cam were to take the Patriots to, uh, you know, the playoffs, I think, you know, that would make it a success uh, because, that's what uh, Bill Belichick is really trying to do right now. Um, there is no way that with you know all these free agents, uh, you know they're you know they're pretty good, but they're not uh, you know you know top of the tier yeah. good. Um, so you know I don't think that he expects to get to the the Super Bowl this year. But you know I really do think that uh, last year not making the playoffs it really affected. Bill Belichick, and this year, uh, he's just trying to get back there. Right, right. That makes sense. Um, but, yeah, uh, we can move over to the NBA where uh, P.J. Tucker from the Houston Rockets, uh, he has been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks for uh, D.J. Augustine and D.J. Wilson. Uh, thoughts? Um, I think it's a really good signing. Uh, you know, PJ Tucker um, back in Houston, uh, he was pretty good. He uh, he he's, he's got some really really good skill, and I and I mean, you know, uh, he was just really the kind of skillful player that Milwaukee has been kind of lacking for a while. You know, uh, someone to kind of compliment Giannis and uh, to try to you know 
um, at least um, compete with him on the same team, you know, star level wise. So, so I think it's a really good signing, and I think uh, PJ Tucker is going to fit well with the Bucks. Um, and yeah, you know, so PJ Tucker, he <clears throat> he adds a corner three point shooting, uh, you know, defense, uh, and you know, a lot of other things to this Milwaukee Bucks team. Uh, so. Uh, this Bucks team trying to build around Giannis. I think it was a it was a pretty good trade, um, and you know in Houston it's it's just falling apart. So uh, PJ Tucker he didn't want to be there anyway. Yeah, and I mean you know um, I'm sure it's gonna be a common thing we see a lot with the players in Houston right now. Uh, just because it's it, it's it's really hard for NBA players to kind of you know stay whenever they're in their prime or they're really good, and the team tells them you know oh we're rebuilding right now or you know uh, we're trying to look forward to the future the next three four years. Uh, that's that, that's kind of hard for a, a current player to hear. I'm sure. Right. Um... And, you know, so we can move over back to the NFL where uh, Deshaun Watson, he continues to get lawsuits filed against him for sexual assault. Uh, you know, he's accused of telling a girl massage therapist to give him oral sex and uh, others for uh, sexual sexual harassment. Uh, you know, honestly, you know, I, I don't believe it, um, you know, but there has been several lawsuits uh, which makes Watson... Uh, look really really bad um you know but all in all uh if there is no evidence i really don't think that watson would do such a thing yeah i mean i don't uh at, at least right now i don't really believe it uh this is a serious matter of course with uh, sexual assault cases but i mean um you know it 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 just seems kind of like deshaun watson wouldn't do something like that but just because someone doesn't seem like they do it you know it, it of course doesn't mean that they're innocent but at, at least right now at the moment you do have to give watson the benefit of the doubt and you do have to give him the uh the innocent until proven guilty you know and i mean uh as for like just the story itself it it's not too far-fetched i suppose it's not too unbelievable since you know um I mean, the the whole spa massage thing, and then uh, there's the whole, like, oral sex part of it. Um, that's just kind of like a, I guess, a stereotype, you could say, that they have for those kind of massage parlors. Uh, so it's not like the story is completely unbelievable, but, I mean, you know, it, it, it just seems like that the fact that it's kind of just coming out now and, you know, the fact that he is in the situation that he's in right now, and he has been for a while, um, it, it, it just seems like a story coming out like this is a little bit of... I guess suspicious timing, but of course, uh, you uh, you never know. Yeah, um, and you know, honestly, um, like I said, Deshaun Watson, I don't think he'll do something like that. Uh, but you know, it's just um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to think right now. You know, yeah. um, you know, maybe uh, because like how he's getting traded or not traded, he wants out. Um, I I think that maybe you know that is happening because of that um but you know either way uh let's go back to uh one of the first episodes uh that we had you know saying about houston's karma Mm -hmm. houston's karma um you know in uh it started in the mlb when they you know they decided to cheat for a world series yeah and you know it's just it's crazy to think you know all this is happening for houston the houston texans the houston rockets you know, yeah. the, you know, Houston Astros losing big pieces. Um, it's just really seeming like this bad karma is 
you know, really bad karma. Yeah, and I mean, this is some really bad karma. And I'm sure right now Houston's kind of asking themselves, oh, when is it going to end? You know, uh, they they cheated for the World Series. I believe it was uh, like 2017 or something, wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's 2017. Yeah, so it's already been, you know, it's almost been half a decade. Uh, it's going to be half a decade next year since they've cheated. And I mean, you know, the curse is just still kind of on them. So uh, let that be a warning for everyone, you know, in sports. Uh, don't cheat. Just play fair. Just play fair, yeah. Um, but we can move over to Tuesday's game in the NBA. Uh, the Knicks took on the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the 76ers, uh, they had won, uh, or no, actually after this one, they have won uh, 14 consecutive over the New York Knicks. Um, and, you know, that is the most consecutive wins over a single opponent in NBA history. Uh, the 76ers, they beat the Knicks 99 to 96 as Tobias Harris goes for 30. Uh, Julius Randle, he had himself another good night in a close losing effort once again. Uh, and, you know, he almost notched another triple double with 19 points, 15 solid rebounds, and 8 assists. And I mean that, uh, uh, the stat that you mentioned that the star, you know, that being uh, the, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers having the biggest win streak right now over the, uh, the New York Knicks, you know, that's just kind of an interesting stat, especially right now, because uh, the New York Knicks, you know, they, they have been known to be kind of bad the past couple years or so, you know, uh, just for a while. But especially this year, uh, they've been getting a lot better. You know, they have looked a lot better. So um, I'm, um, I'm sure the Knicks kind of had a chance in this game. You know, I'm sure they, uh, whether it was at the start or whatever, um, uh, they, they had their opportunities. I know that. And I mean, you know, uh, it's just kind of unfortunate that the Knicks weren't able to, uh, uh, to to get the win on this one and kind of break that, I guess, uh, bad record for them. Right. Uh, pretty much domination, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, of the 76ers over the Knicks. Uh, in the past, I believe, two or three seasons. Um, and, you know, the Knicks, honestly, they're... Uh, they're a really good team this year, um, but you know the 76ers, uh, they're the 76ers, and yeah. they still have the top spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but we can move over to the Jazz and the Boston Celtics. Uh, this was a tight one going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Jalen Brown, he had 28 points, and Jason Tatum added 29 for the Celtics. But, you know, it didn't matter because uh, the Jazz, they ended up with the win. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had eight of his 21 in the fourth quarter. And the top team in the NBA get the dub, 117 to 109. Yeah, another kind of really good game between uh, these two really uh, these two really big, powerful teams, you know, just high rankings and stuff. Uh, and I think the reason the Utah Jazz won is because, uh, like you said, you know, uh, Donovan Mitchell, he had eight of his 21 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, those kind of fourth quarter points and those late kind of pushes are really something that you want to see from your players because that's what's going to result uh, uh, result in a lot of wins, you know, if you're able to kind of outlast that other team and just have kind of more energy towards the end. Right. Um, but, you know, we can move over to uh, the Bulls and the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, Zach Levine, he dropped 40 on the Thunder on 15 of 20 shooting as the Bulls pull out the dub convincingly, uh, 123 to 102. Uh, Chicago, they shot 51% from the field and Levine, 
he uh, he drained seven of his 12 attempts from the three-point line. Uh, on the other side, uh, Thunder center Moses Brown had 16 rebounds, but rebounds clearly don't win you games if you don't put up the points. Yeah, they, they definitely won't uh, win you games. You know, it's just going to really pad out your stats and all that. Uh, but these two teams, you know, uh, they're, they're both kind of struggling teams. So it's a really good win for the Bulls to kind of uh, get that little edge over the Rockets and especially kind of, you know, uh, get uh, get the Bulls closer to a 500 record, you know, uh, get them at least closer to trying to get maybe that last spot in the playoffs or something like that. So uh, not all hope is dead in Chicago. Right. Um, and, you know, Chicago, uh, you know, they haven't been doing all that good this year, but uh, their bright spot would be uh, Zach Levine. Um, as you know, he's a, I believe, first time All Star. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he uh, he he looked pretty good in the three point contest, and uh, yeah, you know, he's uh, still looking good down the stretch. Uh, but we can move over to the Heat and the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Heat they had uh, you know the the nice city jerseys on. You know, I don't I don't know if you've seen them. Uh, but they nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're a really good. Yeah, uh, they're uh, the the new yellow ones. Yeah. Um, and you know they uh they must have been good luck because the Heat get the win uh one thirteen to ninety eight. Uh, Jimmy buckets he had another good game, dropping twenty eight and pulling down twelve boards. Miami is heating up, getting their eleventh win in the last twelve games for them. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's uh, uh, that's just really good basketball by Miami, you know, uh, being able to handle their business with Cleveland, uh, especially this being the team that was representing uh, the East, you know, in the finals. Um, uh, they really want to get back to that spot where they're uh, they're really big competitors, you know, because right now in the East, uh, there are a couple teams right now that are kind of ahead of them and kind of showing that they're the better team right now. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Miami's getting their business done. You know, like you said, 11 of the last 12 have been dubs. So, uh, so uh, lo- uh, looking really good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so at the beginning of the season, uh, when they looked like they weren't even going to make the playoffs, uh, that was only because they didn't have Jimmy Butler. Uh, with Jimmy Butler back, they are a whole new monster. And, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're getting some dubs. Definitely. Uh, but we can move over to the Rockets and the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, so the Rockets, <laughs> they lost 16 straight coming into this one. And it didn't get any better after this one. Uh, the Rockets uh, fought. You know, they fought. But the Hawks were too much. Danilo Gallinari ended up with 29 as the Hawks. And Houston, their 17th. That's right. I said 17th consecutive loss to be a franchise record or to tie a franchise record actually uh 119 to 107 um and you know honestly that's not a record that you want brandon yeah that's that, that, uh, that's really not a record that you want going down in the books and i mean you know uh the 17th straight loss uh, really all you can say about it is that's kind of how houston sports have been going the past you know a couple of years sums uh, it up. yeah you know it, it, it sums it up perfectly you know 17 losses and not even being able to get one win you know it's just kind of it's just kind of i guess um i guess sad you know you you, you kind of feel bad for them yeah true true um but also on uh tuesday night uh the trailblazers took on the new orleans pelicans 
this was CJ McCollum's first game back after missing two months with a fractured foot. Uh, he finished with 10 while his uh, partner in crime, Damian Lillard, dropped 50 on the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, he also had 10 assists and the Trailblazers get the win 125 to 124. Uh, you know, Brandon Ingram, he went for 30 while Lonzo Ball had a whole last 17 assists in the losing effort. Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, despite the fact that it was a lost game for the Pelicans, uh, you know, um, I don't think they can be too upset at the loss just because they did only lose by one. And uh, this trail, uh, yeah, this tra- uh, the Trailblazers, they really like, uh, they were really clicking, you know, uh, with their star player, Damian Lillard, being able to get 50 points, you know, that's, that's a really big night, you know. Uh, most guys score 30 points, and that's a really big night for them. So being able to score 50 points uh, and still kind of getting the dub, uh, while, while while it is good for the Trailblazers to get the dub, I guess it's kind of a little, um, I guess, um, I guess concerning, if you will, uh, just because they were able to have their star guy go off and they only won by one in the end, you know. So whether that be because uh, of the good New Orleans team or whether it be because of the Portland team, you know, I suppose it doesn't matter now because uh, they got the dub in the end. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, either way, uh, the big story, Lillard uh, dropping a 50-burger on the New Orleans Pelicans and the Trailblazers, uh, they win once again in C.J. McCollum's return. Uh, but we move over to Wednesday night uh, where... Uh, you know, there was a new NBA record uh, for most triple doubles in a single day. Um, and, you know, that was uh, because six different players, they snatched a triple double on this night. And I mean, you know, uh, that's just kind of like that's just good news, you know, uh, for, for NBA fans everywhere. Um, I, I mean, being able to break that kind of record just shows that there really is a lot of good talent going around in the NBA. And I mean, you know. Uh, it, it, it's, it's really just kind of at this point, uh, really just anyone's game, you know, anyone can go off on any night and any team can start getting caught and maybe start making runs and stuff, you know, more towards the playoffs. So uh, it's 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 really exciting as an NBA fan, you know, so. Yeah, um, but we can move over to the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, the 76ers without Joel Embiid due to that knee injury. Um, so, okay, Brandon, uh, do you say this injury is going to hurt his MVP chances? Um, you know, I honestly think it's um, – I, I actually think it's going to help his MVP chances, you know, just because it's it's going to show that without him, you know, yeah, the 76ers can win, but they're not able to, you know, like uh, just in this game right now with the Bucks, uh, they weren't able to kind of – uh, keep up with the Bucks, you know, uh, uh, losing it without Joel Embiid. So, if anything, I think it's going to kind of improve his case, you know, and kind of show that, hey, he is the MVP because right now on this team without him, uh, they're just kind of, you know, uh, not lost, but they're just kind of confused. Right. Um, and honestly, um, you know, it might hurt his chances a little bit, but uh, I, uh, you know, I don't think it really hurts him that much because uh, I think he's still averaging – um, you know, it's like 25, 30 points and I think 11 boards. Um, and, you know, so that's something to marvel at, yeah. uh, you know, for the big man. Uh, you know, but back to the game, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, trying to keep that one game lead ahead of the Brooklyn Nets. They gave it to the Bucks in the first half. 
Uh, but really, the Bucks they they just shot themselves in the foot, shooting one of 17 from the three-point line, uh, being the fourth best three-point shooting uh, in the NBA. Uh, Milwaukee they got back in it in the second half, and you know <clears throat> they even took a seven-point lead late. Uh, the 76ers, they were down uh, 93 to 90 with three seconds left. And Furkan Moss hit the decisive blow in the corner to send it to OT. Uh, a huge story. Ben Simmons hit a three-pointer in overtime. Uh, the Bucks they complete the comeback, <clears throat> comeback after being down 19 in this one. Uh, they get the win 109 to 105. Um, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you know, um, uh, normally, uh, at, at least for Milwaukee, you know, uh, if, if they're shooting one from 17 from three pointers, uh, most of the time uh, you're going to lose those games. You know, uh, like we've said before, uh, you you win by the three and you die by the three. So, I mean, it it is kind of surprising that they did end up coming out with the win on this one, especially after shooting so poor. But I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. They were able to. They were able to come back. They took the lead, and even when the game got into the extra minutes, you know, they were still able to hold on against uh, arguably one of the better teams, you know, in the in the NBA. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as you were saying, like, live by the three, die by the three. So, uh, honestly, they pretty much died by the three, yeah. got revived, um, and, you know, they uh, lived to get this dub. Yep. <laughs> um, but, <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, you know, Giannis, he gets his third game with – 30, 15, and 5, racking up 32 points, 15 rebounds, and 5 assists in the win. Uh, but we can move over to the Pacers and the Nets. Uh, the Nets, you know, they were really trying to keep pace with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, but, you know, Harden, he decided to go off late for a season high 40 points. He grabbed 10 rebounds and dished out 15 assists. Uh, the Nets wake up and take out the Pacers 124 to 115. And, uh, you know, the Nets, they are now tied with the 76ers for first in the Eastern Conference, you know, after this dub. And I mean, you know, um, just, it's just really impressive that they're actually tied for first year uh, right now, especially because they have they, they have their really key players, you know, with Durant uh, kind of been out for a while. And then um, I don't think Kyrie Irving was in this game. Um, I think it was just James Harden uh, that was playing, you know. So, I mean, being being able to win and take the uh, number one spot uh, in their conference right now is, is, is really impressive since all they have right now. I mean, yeah, everyone else is pretty good, you know. But right now, they really just have James Harden. So, I mean, you know, he's kind of really the only big-name guy uh, d- doing what he needs to get done. And then you also have um, other guys, you know, like uh, DeAndre Jordan and all them. But... It really does come down to your star players and how they're able to kind of handle the game when it's just them. And right now, it's looking like James Harden can handle it on his own. Yeah, um, and James Harden, you know, in in Houston, you know, he was able to handle his own. uh, But, you know, he just needed that extra help, you know, in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think the Brooklyn Nets, they're kind of hoping that Kevin Durant, you know, will be ready come playoff time. Um, but, you know, we can move over to Thursday where the Trailblazers, they uh, rematched the New Orleans Pelicans. It was a rematch from uh, Tuesday's game. 
uh, you know, and everybody knows, especially Pelicans fans, you know, they remember that Lillard dropped 50 in that one. Uh, Lillard looked like he was going to get another 50 night, scoring 31 in the first half, 21 in the first quarter. Like, damn, son. Uh, he, uh, he ended up with a casual 36, and the Trailblazers continued to haunt the Pelicans, winning 101 to 93. Uh, and, you know, Dame Time, he has more than 16,000 points now, and he joins Kevin Durant and LeBron James as the only players with that many points in their first nine NBA seasons. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that, that that just goes to show how good Damian Lillard really is, you know. And, and it's really impressive. Uh, like you said, he scored uh, 21 in the first quarter. Uh, most teams scored 21, but like, all together by themselves in the first quarter, you know. Uh, and, and, and even then, some of them get even below 20 points in the first quarter. So, I mean, it, it just shows uh, how dominant Damian Lillard can be. And then on the other side of things, you know, New Orleans Pelicans uh, – I, I guess it kind of sucks for them just because this is a rematch, and in the last one they only they only lost by one point. So you know, um, I'm sure they thought that they had a chance in this one, and um, I'm sure they did. But uh, even though Damian Lillard didn't score as high as he did in the last game, uh, the, the the result didn't come out any different uh, with the Trailblazers being able to come out with the dub. Yeah, and you know, Damian Lillard strikes again. Uh, they take down the Pelicans once again. Uh, but we can move over to the uh, Timberwolves and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, D-Book had 16 in the first quarter for Phoenix. Uh, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns were doing some things. Uh, Edwards became the third youngest player with a 40-point game in NBA history, cashing in 42 big ones. Cat uh, had a nice 41 while pulling down 10 rebounds to go along with his eight assists. Uh, the two became the second rookie veteran duo ever to go for 40 in the same game. Um, and, you know, hear this. Uh, Edwards has scored 105 in his last three games to become the first teenager with 100 points in a three-game span in NBA history. And I mean, you know, uh, um, every, every, everything that you kind of just mentioned, uh, I guess it could all be just kind of summed up as a real stunner for this game, you know, just because the Minnesota Timberwolves, they haven't really been, I guess, um, you know, as um, as good as they probably, you know, could be. Um, but I mean, at, at, at least for the Phoenix Suns, you know, this is a really good team and this is a team that a lot of people give a lot of credit to, you know, and that they say have a lot of skill with people like Chris Paul and Devin Booker and all that. So, I mean, it, it is really stunning to see the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, kind of come out and uh, smack them down like this, you know, getting all these records and stuff for their young players. Uh, it, it, it was just, I guess, um, uh, really shocking. Right. Um, and, you know, so the, the Timberwolves, they get the dub uh, 123 to 119 over a really good Phoenix Suns team. Um, but we can move over to college basketball where yesterday all of the madness, all of the hype, you know, it's here. Let's go. March Madness uh, in the first four teams battled to get into the tournament of 64. Uh, Texas Southern, they took on Mount St. Mary's in a battle of number 16s and Mount St. Mary's, you know, they look promising early, uh, you know, up by 10 going into the half. It looked like Texas Southern was going to get their hearts 
broken. Uh, Texas Southern, they woke up in the second half and they changed the momentum of the game. Uh, They took the lead and managed to keep the momentum down the stretch. Texas Southern breaks the hearts of Mount St. Mary's 60-52. to They move on to play number one Michigan in the first round on Saturday. And, and I mean, this game was just kind of a good example of um, just that kind of saying that, yeah, uh, it doesn't really matter how you start, you know. What really matters is how you finish. And, I mean, for this one, uh, Mount St. Mary's, like you said, uh, they, they, they kind of started off better and the other team, you know, uh, they they had the better start, but from the second half onward, I mean, it was all, uh, you know, it was all Texas, uh, just because, I mean, you know, uh, they were uh, they were able to come out, they were able to obviously take the lead, and then not being able to, or, or not giving up the lead or even letting St. Mary uh, get close to the lead, you know, uh, they almost won by double digits. So I mean, it was it was the biggest win of uh, yesterday, you know, and 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 it did kind of it did kind of seem like this game was, I guess. Uh, the biggest uh, talent differential, you know, uh, with Texas Southerner being, I guess, uh, just a little bit better. Right. Um, but, you know, in uh, the second matchup of the day, uh, Drake took on Wichita State. Uh, Wichita State, they look commanding early, but Drake, they got right back into it. Uh, Wichita State had no faith until, you know, they got a steal and a huge three. Uh, down one, uh, Drake missed the front end of a free throw. Wichita State got it, took it down court, had a good look at a deep three, and you know, just off the front of the rim, uh, the Shockers come up short to the Bulldogs, 53 to 52. And number 11, Drake will take on number six USC in the first round on Saturday. Um, and I don't know if you knew this. But Drake, they hadn't won a tournament game since 1971. Damn. So, you know, that's that's 50 years. How about that, Brandon? I mean, that's, you know, that's that's got to feel good for, uh, you know, the players and the organization as a whole. Uh, you know, going 50 years without a tournament win is kind of is really a long time. But I mean, you know, just going back to the game, uh, this uh, this was kind of one of the first games that uh, was the one point differential you know uh, there were uh, the, uh, there were two games this weekend that had the one point difference and this one I guess uh, this one was really kind of nail biting all the way to the end you know it, it literally like you said it literally took down to the last shot of having a deep three for uh, Wichita State but I mean you know um, uh, the, the the only thing about those kind of shots is you know it's either it goes in and we're talking about Wichita State or it as we saw uh, last night it hits the rim and it misses and then we're talking about you know drake going to the next round and unfortunately for wichita state that's just how things played out is uh things went in drake's flavor right um and you know uh wichita state honestly uh you know if if you've seen it yeah i think that they had time you know to get one more dribble in you know to get closer to the rim they're only down one maybe even take it to the hole but instead you know they settle for a long three you know and it just it comes up short their hopes of getting into the tournament come up short and the drake bulldogs get their first tournament win in 50 years uh but we came over to uh norfolk state they played appalachian state in the third game and you know they dominated app state early uh they they went up by 19 and it looked like appalachian state was 
gonna have it like it looked like they're gonna have to warm up the bus <laughs> uh they took the lead on a three with 744 to go and you know they went on a 16-0 run uh norfolk state they retook the lead on uh late on free throws uh you know with uh four seconds left down one appalachian state they got two chances at taking the lead but missed both and norfolk state escapes 54 to 53 uh yeah they will be uh the number 16 seed uh getting a chance at the number one team in the country the gonzaga bulldogs yeah and i mean this was uh this was the second game uh yesterday that was the one point difference game and i mean you know um, I, I guess you gotta give credit where credit's due uh, to appalachian state you know just because they were down really big in a march madness tournament game and they were able to come back you know uh, they, they they had it there at the end but you know as they say uh close only counts for horseshoes and hand grenades you know they got close but they weren't able to win so a really good win for nork folk state and i'm sure they're uh they're really excited to get a crack at the number one team in the you know uh the country right um and you know watching this game uh i really thought that uh you know appalachian state uh you know they uh they were really just out of it and you know they were gonna get taken out easily uh but you know they uh they got their heads out of their asses and uh you know they got back in it um but you know i think just norfolk state they wanted it a little bit more um and you know like i said they get a chance to take on the gonzaga bulldogs uh but in the final matchup of the day two legendary programs went at it uh early michigan state uh they look like they're ready to advance to play byu uh ucla said hold the phone uh they they climbed back in this one and forced the clock operator to put another five on the clock after regulation uh overtime in the nightcap this is what march madness is all about uh in ot a vital player for ucla went down tweaking his ankle but despite that ucla they just made the bigger shots uh the bruins they still this one 88 to 80 and advance to take on byu in the first round on saturday as you mentioned you know this game was uh was our game from yesterday that went into overtime so at least in my opinion uh this was really one of the uh, probably the most exciting game of the day you know uh, it, 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 was, it was really close, you know, throughout the whole game. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing here on the stats that uh, in the first half, you know, uh, UCLA scored 33. Michigan was able to get 44 at the half. And then they, they kind of switched for the second half. Uh, UCLA scored 44. And then Michigan State scored 33. You know, so uh, uh, that's what left them up in a tie. And then as you see in overtime, uh, as you as you watch the, the last five minutes, you know, of the game with the overtime, uh, you can kind of see that UCLA just kind of wanted it more than Michigan, you know. UCLA scored uh, nine points in the overtime uh, compared to Michigan State's uh, only three points. You know, uh, getting three points within five minutes is kind of, it's, it's, kind, it's kind of a bad look, you know. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you I, I guess you can give the credit to UCLA's defense on that one. Uh, they just looked like they wanted it more and they played harder in overtime and, you know, uh, they ended up getting it, so. Right, and, uh, you know, Michigan State, uh, you know, how good they looked coming into this one. I really thought that, you know, they were going to be able to take down UCLA. But, 
UCLA had other plans and uh, you know they will take on BYU for the right to advance to the second round um, but you know that's gonna do it for this episode of NMSU Sportscast I've been your host Dusty Carrasco and I've been your co-host Brandon Santamaria and we'll see you in the next one peace adios <laughs>